Good morning, Vineyard Church. Good morning, Vineyard Church. How's everybody doing this morning? My name is Jeff. I'm the lead pastor uh, at Vineyard Church of the Rockies. So happy, so glad that you are joining us this morning. We're in week two of our COVID-19 live streaming kind of situation. So happy that technology allows us to continue to gather and be with one another. So happy that you can join us from the comfort of your own kitchen or living room, or uh, some of you might still be in pajamas in your bed. That's great. Thank you for joining us uh, this morning. I wanted to share before we jump in a couple of ways that you could just stay engaged through the live stream. A couple of ways that we feel like you could help uh, just to, to maintain kind of your presence throughout the live stream. First, feel free to use the comment section at any point to just share uh, something that God is maybe saying to you, a quote or a lyric or a song that you really resonate with. I have found that by engaging in the comment section, it helps my mind and my heart stay engaged again in order to do that. But we would definitely encourage you to do that as well as use emojis and, and make little uh, remarks that way. And you can also share this live stream on Facebook right now. You can tag a friend, you can invite someone to church with us, and we would love for you to do that. With, uh, with us this morning as well. Uh, as you can see, we're still in my living room. And you know, we talked a lot about this this week, where we should do the live stream from, and really just decided that the living room uh, of my house was probably the best. I mean, we could get into an empty sanctuary and we could get the, uh, the microphone around my head and we could do all of that. But truly, you would all know I was preaching to an empty room. At least here, we're all in the same boat. I might be preaching to an empty room still, uh, but it, it's at least we're all on the same page. And so this is probably what we're going to do for the next few weeks as we continue to move uh, with the new and current times and just try to stay as flexible as we can. Before we jump into worship, and then ultimately, uh, before I share my message, I do want to share three or four quick announcements with you just to make sure that we're all on the same page uh, and, and, and doing the best job that we can in order to communicate everything that's happening in our church. First. We would love for you to log on to VOTRweekly.org. If you go to VOTRweekly.org, this is going to be the best place for you to stay connected with us and learn everything that's happening, not only throughout the week, but also in the midst of our Sunday morning live streams. There's announcements, there's next steps, there's all kinds of different ways that you can connect with us there. We also have a new tab called uh, Need Help. And I just want to pull this up and show it to you. If you go to VOTRweekly.org, this is what it's going to look like. And if you hit on the Need Help tab, there's just a small form there you can fill out for yourself if you are in need of anything, as well as fill it out on behalf of somebody that you're connected with that you know needs help. That will come to our staff. Our staff will make sure that we do the best we can to fulfill all of those needs. And we would love to continue to communicate and serve our city that way. So make sure you stay up to date on VOTRweekly.org. And then I want to continue to encourage you to like us on Facebook and all the different social media platforms. Kind of the way that we're going to do this is we're going to try to keep Sunday morning as normal as we can. So actually, we're going to be picking up with our with the series, Does God Really Love Me, this Sunday. And as we march forward, we'll continue to preach messages that are rooted and grounded in God's word and worship together and pray together. 
and most uh, of other things, uh, most other messages related specifically to the coronavirus and how we're going to address that as a community, how we're going to reach our city and care for our city will be done on Facebook Live and other social media platforms throughout the week. And so Sunday, again, we just want to try to keep it as normal as possible to what you would normally expect on a Sunday. And a lot of those extra things are going to be happening during the week. So make sure you follow us on Facebook there. And then I wanted to take uh, um, just a quick moment to talk about giving. If you are uh, still earning, if you are still making money during this time, then we would really encourage you to continue to give uh, your tithes and offerings, but to transition that to online giving. If you're not comfortable with that, you can still mail in checks at 1201 Riverside Avenue here in Fort Collins. Uh, and we'll check our mailbox periodically throughout the week. But really the best way to do that is to make that transition to online giving. We have a variety of ways that you can do that. Some of them are, are incredibly cheap and incredibly easy and very, very secure. You can find all of that at votrweekly.org or on our website. Would, would love for you to continue to give as God has given to you. Uh, so that we can meet the needs of folks in our community and in our city who maybe lost a job or are going to be coming on tough times in the coming weeks. Finally, I want to invite you to visit uh, lovefoco.com. If you remember these stickers, if you remember this series from early January, we kicked off the new year talking specifically about how we can love our city, how we can love our neighbors, how we can love our leaders, how we can love every generation and, and even love our calling to go and make disciples within our city. want to have you visit lovefoco.com. I've written a bunch more blogs and we're going to continue to populate that website. And this is going to be a great website for you to share with your friends who maybe don't know Jesus. All of the information on Love Foco is going to be written to a very general and a very broad audience. And so it should be very tangible for people who maybe aren't even following Jesus yet to get on board with some of the ways they can serve the city and serve their neighbors. Ultimately, we want to create a movement of people who are loving Fort Collins in a powerful and dynamic way. And we want to be able to point them to the love of Jesus as well. Lovefoco.com. That was it for the announcements this morning. Um, so if you want to, uh, I, I see a lot of folks, Kendra and Kim, Greg uh, saying hello to, to Brianna. So many of you, Doug, hello, good morning, Emma. Um, thank you for tuning in with us. We are going to worship. So if you want to go to votrweekly.org, you can find the lyrics there. You can actually sing along with us uh, if you would like to, but we would love for you to worship with us. Matt will be joining us here in one moment. Let me pray. Let's pray together for our time uh, together this Sunday morning, and then we'll jump into the rest of the service. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for everybody who, who's tuning in. Thank you so much for uh, what you're doing in our lives. Lord, it is in moments like this, sometimes it is easy to wonder. It, it is easy for our minds and our hearts to drift uh, off of what you're actually doing in our hearts and begin to wonder uh, if you're involved, if you're doing anything, if you're providing for us. And, and we know, we trust, and we believe that you are, God. And so I pray right now that you would unite us through technology, through the place of worship, that that each and every one of us would know all around the city, all around Northern Colorado, and even the nation, people are worshiping you through these songs in this moment, and that your presence can be known to us as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's invite Matt and worship together. Well, good morning, everyone. Like Joe said, I'm, I'm Matt, and I would invite you to sing along. 
This first song is really familiar. It's the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Praise God. Praise God from all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below.
baptized through the Father, the Son, and Spirit. The universe, the universe, 
mountains off, your praise gets all for you. It's all for you, Jesus. All of the glory, the power, and praise be yours forever. Oh, it's all for you, Lord. It's all for you, Jesus. It's all for you, Jesus. All of the glory, the power, and praise be yours forever. Let's join our voices and our hearts. Say we joy, we joy with all of creation. We joy. With all of creation, every tribe, every tongue, every nation, to give you praise. Sing it again. We join. Yes, we join. With all of creation, oh, we join. With all of creation. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation to give you praise. Lord, we join, we join, oh, we join with all of creation. Oh, we join with all of creation. Every tribe, every tongue, every to give you praise, for it's all for you, Jesus. It's all for you, Jesus. All of the glory and power and praise be yours. One more time, lift your voice, it's all, it's all for you, Jesus. Yes, it's all for you, Jesus. All of the glory and power and praise be yours forever. Yeah, Father, even digitally, we, we join our hearts and our voices together. In this time, Lord, of, of fear and panic, it's weighing so heavily. Lord, we join our voices together. We are better together, and you have united us. Lord, I pray that as we become one, the world would know that we are yours because of our love. Jesus, that what you prayed for us in John 17 would be true of us today. That we would be joined together because of your love, because of what you have done. 
Lord, that you would knit us together as family in a time like this. And Lord, that this gathering would be a small sign of it, Lord, what you are doing in this body, in this place. Lord, that in spite of fear, we come together through this live stream and we declare that you are king, that we are yours, and that we are one. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and we say, Amen. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for worshiping me. Here's Jeff back. Oh, man, so good. Matt, thank you so much for continuing to lead us in worship. And uh, and thank you all for, for joining us and, and worshiping with us. I think what Matt mentioned there at the end is really true, that prayer from John 17 of how we can demonstrate the power and the love of God through our unity. And so thank you for joining and, and worshiping. With us before I jump in, um, if you're just logging on now, on now, just joining us now, a couple of quick things. Again, go to votrweekly.org, follow along with us there. My sermon notes are still uploaded. We have church announcements. We have all kinds of different ways you can get plugged in and serve uh, our church community as well as our city. And so, want to draw your attention to votrweekly.org one more time, and then also encourage you to just stay engaged. Uh, stay engaged with the live stream as you get that cup of coffee as as you maybe stand up to check on the kids or, or whatever you need to do, stay engaged with us through comments, through emojis, through staying connected uh, electronically, and just try to do the best that you can to uh, stay very present to what we're doing together as a Vineyard family here this morning. All right. Well, this morning I'm excited because we are going to be getting back into the series. We took a one-week break last week to talk about a message that I called the Corona Church, how we as the family of God can respond in a moment of crisis like this. If you haven't watched that, I would really encourage you to log on to our website, find that talk, because in it, we talked about the heartbeat and the posture that we can have as Christians in this trying time uh, with the world around us, as well as we created five teams uh, for you to sign up for and to stay plugged in and stay engaged with us as we move forward as a church. And so I would encourage you to do that and check that talk out. But this week, we're going to get back to the series that we were in before the global pandemic hit, the series called Does God Really Love Me? We've got a few weeks left in that series. This week's message is titled Embracing Your True Identity. <clears throat> Embracing Your True Identity. I think during a moment in history, and in a moment in our culture like this, our identities could be on very shaky ground. We are being shaken at our core, our finances, our relationships, our work. All of these different things are being shaken right now. And so this is a very timely message, the way that it was drawn out in our preaching series. So thankful we're going to be stepping into this, embracing your true identity this morning. As I was, I was preparing for this message, I was thinking about some of the more difficult times in ministry, actually. I've been in ministry for almost 16 years now in a variety of different capacities. And one of the most challenging times in ministry for my life, as well as my wife, Natalie, happened about 10 or 11 years ago uh, with a group of teenagers that we were leading at the time. 
Um, and of course, leading a church through a global pandemic and becoming a senior pastor, all of these things are very challenging. But one of the most challenging times in ministry in my personal life happened about 10 or 11 years ago with a group of teenagers. Their parents were, were out of the picture at this time. They were These guys were either couch surfing or in and out of the foster care system, in and out of homelessness, and really just trying to live on their own and survive. And we got to know these guys and over the long haul, build a really strong relationship with some of them. We would have them over frequently and we would just open up our home to them and we would invite them in and we would study scriptures together. We would pray together. We would eat together. We would watch sports together. I mean, we would just spend time kind of like a family together. But after a while, we noticed something that was a little bit different when they came over. It was a a really small thing. It was something that we noticed in a really small way. Um, But it was the fact that they never came into our kitchen. They never came into our kitchen. Now, our kitchen was small and and all those things. but, But isn't it true that the kitchen is usually where people congregate? But these guys never stepped in our kitchen. And we, we, uh, we eventually found out why. And it's because the homes that they were in, whether there was this home or the next home or, or, or the next, they were very rarely allowed in to the kitchen where they were staying. In fact, in some of the houses, we later learned the refrigerator doors were actually locked so that they couldn't access them. This whole concept of walking into our kitchen, opening up our refrigerator door and grabbing a a Gatorade or grabbing some food was a completely foreign concept to them because they had never truly been open up to and in that kind of way, they have never been invited to have the just ability to walk into someone's kitchen or even the kitchen that they're where they're living and have access to the food and the drinks that were there. So we tried to make our house as different as we possibly could. We skyrocketed our food budget. We just bought all kinds of food. And anytime they came to everything that we had in our home, that when they were in the Faust house, they could be like kings and queens, that they could have access to everything that we had. But one of the hardest moments in ministry still to this day came when these teenage boys planned something together. They came over to our house We shared a meal with one another. Then about halfway through the dinner, they put their utensils down and they looked at us and they asked us a question that they knew, depending on how it would be answered, could change their life forever. They asked if we would adopt them. They asked us if we would adopt them. They they wanted parents. They wanted to be part of a family. And and at that moment, we were new to everything. We were new homeowners. We were new ministry leaders. We were newlyweds. Um, We had our firstborn son on the way. We were just new to everything. And we weren't in a good place to say yes to that request to adopt a handful of teenagers at that time. We had to say no. It's still one of the hardest things that Natalie and I have had to do in a ministry context. And as I process that moment and I and I think about that moment, even as I prepare for this message today, I was deeply impacted by one thing from that story. Kids wanted to be loved. They wanted to belong. They just wanted to be part of someone's family. They wanted to be able to go into the kitchen and open the refrigerator door and just have regular access to the food and drink that their parents had bought for them. And 
And aren't we all that way? Don't we all have this ache to belong and this ache to be loved? Don't we all have this deep hunger and desire to be in a family community where we are supported and cherished and loved unconditionally? Thankfully, when we fall short in our own humanity, God never falls short. God's love never fails. He has unending love for you and for me. And he's always ready to adopt us into his family. We serve a God who is always ready to call us his children, always ready to shower and lavish his love upon us time and time again. Our scripture today for this series, Embrace or Does God Really Love Me? And this title, Embracing Your True Identity, comes from 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. You can find these in the notes or you can pull out your Bible and follow along with me uh, as you can. 1 John chapter 3, I'm going to read the first few verses here. It says this, See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. Dear friends, we are already God's children. But he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as he is pure. That's the NLT translation. I love the NIV translation. Verse 1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called children of God. Now, this text and, and this idea, it's, it's not a new idea that the writer is introducing to, to Christianity. It's not a new idea in this book. I realize that for some of us, if you're logging on and you're new to the faith, or maybe you're exploring Christianity, or, or maybe you logged on because one of your friends invited you to check this live stream out, I realize that if you're not familiar with Scripture, this idea of being adopted into God's family and part uh, of his family might be a new thing, but it's not a new thing in Scripture. Right Throughout Scripture, uh, the Bible references this idea that we are a child of God, that we are adopted into his family. And in 1 John, John is actually writing, we read these epistles that we can resonate with that in a little bit of a deeper way. In these moments of trials, John is trying to encourage the church, remember your identity. Embrace your true identity that you first and foremost are a child of God and that the Father wants to lavish his love upon you. We have to remember that. And in this time during COVID-19 and the global pandemic and everything that's happening, the implications of the ripple effects of some of those things, we have to remember that first and foremost, we are a child of God, that you as you listen to this, if you've made a decision to follow Christ, you are a child of God. And I'm, I'm not sure how you feel about labels. Some of us love labels. Some of us hate labels. But you're kind of being labeled in this text right here. I mean, if you think about how you personally respond to things like the Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram or Strength Finders, I mean, some of you take those assessments and you reject them right away. Don't put me in a box. I'm just a unique, special flower, and you can't begin to describe the complexities of who I am. But in Scripture, we do get labeled from time to time. 
But there's a big difference between what God is trying to do in this text and what maybe Strength Finders or the Enneagram or other kind of online assessments try to do when you take those tests. You see, God is defining you. Those assessments are trying to describe you. And there's a big difference between being described and being defined. When God calls you a child, he's bringing definition to your life. He's bringing identity to your life. When you come out as an Enneagram 1, 2, 3, 4, all the way up to number 9, or your Myers-Briggs, I'm an ENTJ. That's probably shocking for some of you who know the Myers-Briggs. Those things are trying to describe part of who you are. There's no way they can define you. But when God offers something, when when scripture speaks truth to you, it's truly bringing definition to your life. There's a big difference between description and definition. You see, I'm a pastor. Right? That is what I do. I'm the lead pastor of Vineyard Church of the Rockies. This is a true statement. But 1 John 3 says, I'm also a child of God. Two true statements. Both are true. One describes me and one defines me. And the problem is, as, as some of us are being very acquainted with right now, where we found out previous, previously in life, is that When we begin to over-identify with titles and positions and descriptions, when those things get shaken, we find ourselves on very insecure ground. When we begin to over-identify with mere descriptors instead of God's promises, truths, and definitions, when our life gets shaken, when our job gets shaken, when our finances get shaken, our relationships, your ability to even go out in public in groups of 10 or more gets shaken. When those descriptors get shaken, if you've over-identified with them, then all of a sudden you're standing on very insecure ground. And some of us are feeling that right now. Some of you have lost your job in the last week. Some of you are looking at the prospect of keeping your job over the course of the next couple of weeks and you are feeling shaken. Your bank account is starting to decrease and maybe you just have like a mental number in your head that as long as I keep this much in my bank account, I can provide for my family. But when you dip below that, your personal finance is shaken. Have you over-identified with descriptors? Have you over-identified with things that are merely uh, just ways to describe you compared to ways that define you? I remember when in the nonprofit world, when Natalie and I launched our nonprofit right after college, uh, we definitely over-identified with our position. And when that time in our nonprofit came to a close, it was devastating for us. I mean, we launched that ministry right after college. And if we were being honest with you at that moment, we thought we would have been doing that for the rest of our lives. We had a good run. We had a lot of good ministry. A lot of good fruit took place through that nonprofit. But when it came to a close, I remember thinking to myself, God, if I'm not a missionary anymore, who am I? If, if, I, if I'm not reaching the city and the world the way that I feel like you've called me to do, what, what am I doing? Who am I? My identity was over-realized in my position. And when that position was taken away, I was shaken to my core. Then after that, I jumped into corporate sales. 
And I liked it. In fact, I, I loved sales. And it turns out I just replaced the position with a new position and began to over-identify with that descriptor as well. I became really good at sales and I started winning awards. I loved it because they would cash and then say salesperson of the month gets to win this bonus. And just the grind and the competitiveness kind of rised up. And then I was able to just step out and I, and I did get salesman of, of the month a number of times. And then I remember one time walking into the office and I didn't win. I didn't win. And I, and I remember thinking to myself, well, am I even valued at this organization if I don't get first place? Am I even valued in this organization if I don't come in as the best salesman of the month? And I realize if you're not that competitive, you're probably listening to me talk and you're thinking, man, this is just crazy. I don't think that way. This is how I live life. This is how I think. These are some of my own personal struggles when I overemphasize, when I over-identify with being the best, with being ultra competitive, with pinning my identity too deeply into a position. These are things that God's still working out. But I've also been around ministry long enough to know that it's not just me, that we all have our different things. You know, what happens when you're no longer a teacher? What happens when you're no longer a business leader? What happens when you're no longer a student or you're no longer the person that the kids run to when they have a problem? What happens when the global pandemic strikes and all of your identities and all of your positions and titles all of a sudden get shaken? Descriptions change. It is inevitable. As you go through life, descriptions change. But the way that God defines you will never change. If you have given your life to Christ, 1 John 3 will always be true about who you are. You are a child of God. That doesn't change. God has placed this identity deep down into your heart. He's made it part of your life, a way of your life. God loves you. God likes you. God loves you. To love you. And I know that this is hard for many of us. Many of us have a hard time understanding this concept and grasping a love from God that is completely separate from our ability to accomplish things for Him, or a love that is completely separate from our flaws and failures. But that's because we're always comparing God's love for us to some other kind of flawed love that we've experienced this side of heaven. But God doesn't love you that way. God doesn't love you that way. For those of you who came from healthy families, praise God. That is, that is awesome. I want to create a healthy family where my wife, Natalie, and I can represent the love of God to our children. But come on, even on our best days, we still make mistakes. Even the best families still miss the mark from time to time. And I'm also keenly aware that there's many of you who are logged on right now that didn't come from great families, that the love of the Father wasn't represented to you in a great way. Where even hearing about the love of the Father and being adopted into his family is a hard text to wrestle with. And no matter where you're at this morning, my prayer for each and every one of us is that we would experience and have a revelation of the Father's love in a deeper way, that it would take root in our heart in a greater way so that it can truly set us free so that we can live as adopted children in God's family.
pastor and writer David Jackman said this about our own difficulty as humans uh, when it comes to experiencing God's love. And this quote is in my sermon notes at VOTR Weekly if you want to read it along with me. But he wrote this, I suppose it's because God's love is unconditional and limitless that we human beings find it very hard to accept. Many of the Christians I meet have never known a love like that in any other relationship. In childhood, they learn that their parents' approval and love had to be earned by conforming to their dictates and living up to their expectations. And because they could never be good enough or achieve enough, they were never sure of being accepted. God's love is different. He calls you a child before you accomplish anything at all. He calls you a son or a daughter before you change your life at all. All it requires is you surrendering your heart to him. All it requires is you starting a relationship with Jesus. Belief in him, that he came for you, that he died for you, that he was brought back to life so you could be reconciled for you is not dependent on how well you perform how much you obey, how much you sacrifice, how often you attend a live stream or a digital small group or anything like that. God's love for you is 100% separate from the things that you can accomplish for him. Of course, once a relationship is started with him, he wants us to do those things because we can represent the love of God to the world around us, but his love is not contingent upon your performance or your failure. And this reality, this idea of being adopted into God's family, it's everywhere in the Bible. It's in the Old and New Testament. It's in the Psalms and Hosea, and it's in the Gospels and almost every epistle, Corinthians, Ephesians, Galatians, Romans, it's even in Revelation. It's truly everywhere. If you are a follower of Christ, you have been adopted into God's family. You're a child of God. This is, by the way, why, as a church, we are ramping things up like our foster care and our adoption ministries. Foster care and adoption ministries is, is so close to the heart of God. It's such a kingdom ministry because it, it, directs, it, 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 dire it directly points to the heart of the Father. I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but we actually have an adoption ministry at Vineyard Church. Last Christmas Eve, we took a vineyard adoption fund ministry. 100% of the offering that was taken at Christmas Eve was put into this fund. And we have about $8,000 sitting in this fund now. And we are just so happily expecting to come alongside some families from our church community to ease the financial burden of them adopting a child. If you feel called to adopt, then you can take some steps just because COVID-19, just because coronavirus is going around the world doesn't mean that children don't need to be adopted. They still need to be adopted. And we as a church family, we want to support you in that process. You can click on the next steps. I want to adopt. You'll get connected with someone from our staff and we will be able to help you in that process. Now, just full qualifier right now, uh, because we, we've had some inquiries. Right now, our adoption fund is primarily going to be targeting people who call Vineyard Church of the Rockies their church home. We hope someday to expand that, but right now, because of our ability to meet those needs, it's going to be particularly targeting people within our church family, but we would love, we would love to see the first Vineyard adoption in 2020. And so make sure that you uh, let us know if that's you. We would love to kind of help ease that financial burden with you.
We also have a sweet ministry in our church that a family in our church started called the King's Closet. And I just love that title. My son's name is Kingston. So I love that title. But it's a closet at their own property full of clothes and diapers and beds and cribs and all kinds of things that foster parents need when they receive a child into their home. I'm not sure if you realize this or not, but sometimes you can get a call from social services and you'll be receiving a foster child within the day. And we wanted to create, actually this family, really it's, it's all credit to them, wanted to create a closet where someone in the foster care world could come and just fill all of their needs and make sure that that child is receiving a very, very warm welcome. And so if you have lightly used clothes, diapers, cribs, different um, materials, then I would encourage you to donate those to the King's Closet. You can find more information on that in our announcement section. Uh, we'll be writing about it at Love Foco as well because it's the only foster care closet in Northern Colorado. And we're so excited that that's part of who we are as a church. We do these things because they're a reflection of God's heart for us. He is a God who adopts children into his family. He's adopted you and I into his family. And we want to be about the same kinds of things. Now, when you embrace this identity as a child of God, there's a lot of implications that roll out in your life. When you've been adopted into God's family, there are, there are implications that are far-reaching, and we'll continue the conversation about the implications of being adopted into God's family next week. I have time to talk about one of them this morning. When you are adopted into God's family, you move from transactional love to transformational love. When you're adopted into God's family, you move out of a transactional been to a transformational relationship with God. Again, this goes back to that Jackman quote, right? And some of the things that I've said earlier, you don't have to accomplish anything in order to receive God's love. You don't have to do X, Y, Z in order to make God love you. So many of us approach God and we have a relationship with God that is transactional. If I do this, God, will you do this for me? If I give this much, will you bless me? If I sacrifice in this area of my life, will you promote me? If I surrender this sin in my life, will you finally give the spouse that I've always wanted, I've always desired? So many of us approach God like the refrigerator is locked. It's not locked. You don't have to have behavior modification in order to approach God's love. When you're adopted into his family, you move from transactional relationship to transformational relationship. You need to embrace your true identity as a child of God. Embrace the transformational love that he offers to you. The kind of love that says in 1 John 3 that he wants to lavish upon you. Do you have a transactional kind of relationship with God? I think this is an important question for us to wrestle with this morning. Will you only approach God once you've done enough good things? Will you only approach God once you've read your Bible enough or once you've given enough or once you've had enough good days lined up in a row where you have confidence to approach him in prayer? Do you have a transactional relationship with God? I want to share two, two words with you that point to a transactional kind of love. 
It's not full proof. These words don't always point to a transactional kind of love, but I would say they're like 90 to 95% full proof. This is almost on the verge of full proof. If you use these two words a lot in your relationship with God, it very well may point to a transactional type of relationship. The words are enough and should. The words are enough and should. I should pray more. I haven't read my Bible enough. I haven't served enough. I should, I should, I should. As an adopted child of God, you need to eliminate the should in your life. You need to eliminate the enoughs in your life. You don't have to use that kind of language when you approach God anymore. You'll never be able to do enough for God. That's not how Christianity works. These phrases are almost always pointing to a transactional relationship in nature because they're tied to what you've done or what you haven't done. They make your relationship with God more like a contract than an adoption. Instead, transformational love focuses much more on who you are and who you are becoming. It's much more about who you're becoming than what you've done or haven't done for God. And so the phrase isn't, I should pray more. Instead, it's, help me become a person of prayer. It's not, I didn't give enough this year. It's, am I more generous today than I was a year ago? It's not, I should read my Bible more. Instead, it's, God, help me to have a love for the word of God. You don't have to fight and kick and scratch to earn God's love. Your language doesn't have to be surrounded with shoulds and enoughs. All you need to do is surrender to the love that he wants to lavish upon you. Your relationship with God was never intended to be transactional, but instead transformational. You're a child of God. If you need to remember one thing this morning, it's the fact that you've been adopted into his family and you are a child of God. As I close, let me ask this one incredibly important question. Have you ever made a decision to follow Jesus? Maybe you've heard the adoption story before. Maybe you've come across the biblical idea of being adopted into God's family before. Maybe you've heard it, but you've never made a decision to follow him. Or, Or maybe you've actually never been encouraged to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Let me encourage you this morning that if you want to be adopted into God's family, you can do that right now. You don't have to wait. It's simple. It's really simple. All All that you have to do is approach God and say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you came. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you you were buried and that you came back to life so that I could have a relationship with you. And I believe that if I surrender my life to you, that that you will adopt me into your family. God, would you do that for me right now? Would you adopt me into your family? I need your love. I need to experience your love and your forgiveness. And I don't want to have a transactional relationship with you. I want to experience your transformative love. If that's you, then in a moment, we're going to pray 
And I would love for you to pray with me to surrender your life to Jesus so that you can be adopted into his family and forever changed. Now, if you've already done that, then as we move back into worship, as we move into our contemplative time, then I want to encourage you to reflect on that, to reflect on the kind of love and maybe to have an honest conversation with God about where you lean transactional and how he's inviting you back into transformational. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much that you came for us, that you laid your life down for us and that you were raised back to life so that you could create a relationship with us for eternity. God, would you speak to us now about your transformational love? Now, if you're with us and you are ready to give your life to Christ, then I want you to just pray with me right now. And prayer is just a conversation with God, so it doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to use the exact words that I use. But I want to encourage you to prayerfully approach God and just say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you were raised to life for me. Now, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for adopting me into your family. From this day forward, I'm going to do my best to live for you. If that's you, and you just made that decision with your mind, also with your heart, and with your life, then the word of God says you have been forgiven of all of your sin. You've been given a purpose to be a child of God, and you have been adopted into his family. If that's you and you've never done that before, you've never prayed that before, you've never made a decision for Jesus before, then I want to encourage you to let us know. Let us know in the comment section. Let us know on votrweekly.org. Click that box that says, I'm giving my life to Christ. Email me or anyone else on staff and let us celebrate with you because you've been adopted by God into his family. That is life-changing life-changing. Now let's move into our time of, of contemplative, uh, just kind of thought processes and in reflecting. I'm just going to invite Matt to just kind of sing or to play, excuse me, over us. And after a moment, he'll transition us into uh, a final song of worship together before I come back and wrap up the service. But during this time of reflection, I just want to encourage you to ask this question, how is transactional love robbing my relationship with God? How is transactional love robbing my relationship with God? After Matt leads us in worship, I'll come back to close the service. But let's just enter into a time of quiet reflection with God now.
yours forever. It's declared. We are yours forever. We are yours forever. We belong to you. We are yours. We are yours forever. We are yours forever. We belong to you. That's awesome, Isabel. We are yours forever. We are yours forever. We belong to you. Sing it again, it's true. We are yours forever. We are yours forever. We belong to you. Sing you knew us. Before our lives began. Your loving hands, and now you've drawn us. Open up the doors, call the sad. We're sons and daughters, we are sons and daughters of the have been adopted. And no one can keep us from your love, can keep us from your love, because we belong to you, we belong to you, you've shown us. And your love for us, given us your son, now you've drawn us to your family, to whom we're made to be. We're sons and daughters, we are sons and daughters of you. from your love keep us from your love we belong to you we belong to you we are yours forever we are yours forever we are yours forever we belong to it's true, Father. We are yours forever. We are yours forever. We belong to you. We are yours, yes. We are yours forever. We are yours forever. We belong to you. And daughters of the living God, we 
have been adopted in the Father's love. No King and no one can keep us from your love. Can keep us from your love. We're sons. Yes, we are sons and daughters of have been adopted in the Father's love. No thing and no one can keep us from your love. Can keep us from no thing and no one can keep us from your love. Can keep us from your love. We belong to you. We belong to you. We belong. Yes, we belong to you. We belong to you. Thank you, God, that we belong to you that we are yours forever for reminding us, for welcoming those of us who have just been adopted in your family. God, thank you. We are truly yours forever. We have been defined by you. God, we find our identity in you alone, especially at times like these. We are yours forever. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us this Sunday. Two quick, quick things uh, as you prepare to go about the rest of your days uh, here. <clears throat> I want to, uh, again, emphasize votrweekly.org. Please log on to that. There's two things that I want to invite you into. One, uh, if you are a regular uh, giver uh, through tithes and offerings to our church, please make the transition to online giving. We would really appreciate that. Uh, as God has been generous with you, we invite you to be generous back to him and the community around us that is in need. And also don't forget about this new tab on VOTR Weekly called Need Help. Your giving allows us to fulfill all of the needs for the people around our community, both within our church and as we reach out to the city around us, your continued generosity allows us to meet the very practical and real needs of the people in our community. So we would love for you to do that. And please stay in touch with us throughout the week on Facebook. There's going to be some exciting things that we're doing this week in order to leverage kingdom finance and kingdom generosity to serve those around us that are in great need. So make sure you stay in touch with us there. God bless you. Have a great Sunday and enjoy your family and your time away. Take care.